Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forward Unto Dawn podcast. I'm David, and I'm joined by our usual co-hosts, Danny, and Isaac. Hello. Uh, It's been a while since our last episode, and so we're just going to kind of catch up with some stuff that's been going on, Um, new tidbits of fiction that's been released. Nothing big has come out yet, Um, but there's still some little things to talk about. You want to start with Halo 5 first? Yeah, that was the oldest bit of news, I guess. So, really late to the party, they showed a trailer for Halo 5, or more accurately, uh, Halo on the Xbox One. Um, And basically all we know about it is that it's going to be 60 frames per second on the next-gen console, and they gave us a short teaser trailer, which everyone has dissected and come up with their own theories for. It seems like the most prominent one is that the Master Chief is going to hunt down mendicant bias. Right, and that was that was from the end, or not the end, the uh, epilogue of Silentium, correct? Yeah, that combined with the epilogue of Silentium, which actually I don't think our, our Silentium podcast covered because the epilogue was audio only and it came out later. But basically, the epilogue has um, mendicant bias basically being buried under the sand in the arc. And then this teaser trailer has the Master Chief going across sand, and then something rises out of the sand. Wow, you think they are connected? <laughs> I mean, there's people saying that the background looks like the arc. I personally can't see it. And then, Would it not be like the arc after an ass explosion? Well, yeah, I, I think that's the intimation that this is the ruined arc. The same arc long. that apparently one of the books we visited very briefly, saying that there was activity? Yeah. Lots a lot of dots. Lots a lot of dots, you know? You have, I personally don't buy it just because I'm not sure why you would bury mendicant bias with a poor sphinxy kind of thing. Not, yeah. Which I guess is actually another supposition. Everyone's another. I don't know if they have to connect to the mendicant bias thing, but everyone's saying that it's a war sphinx coming out. Uh, it doesn't look quite like the war sphinxes were described. It could be like a similar sort of vehicle or machine of something. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does. It does also seem a little more. I don't know bird-like than the sphinxes which were yeah sounded a lot more solid terrestrial yeah the sphinx's head well no, i guess the thing in the in the desert did have legs like that's a cool thing if you actually look at the structure of it it's got these like tentacle like things that hang down which we've only ever seen something like that from a forerunner construct in um was it it was bloodlines those little gathering things at the um mine installation i like i obviously like connected like it seemed like kind of a cthulhu like call out to me but that's just a personal connection i think um what's interesting actually about the the arc um theory is that if you go back to halo legends um origins part two uh, i always thought and i I probably mentioned this in a podcast before like it broke down the whole of origins into past present and future so they had the forerunners in the past, the humans in the covenant, and the contemporary present. And then they showed a bunch of stuff that made absolutely no sense at the time. And I was expecting that a lot of those things would come uh, to be in Halo 4, and they didn't. And now we've got people theorizing that Master Chief is going to go back to the Ark. And obviously she, he, he's doing something. He's looking for, for Cortana for some reason. And in Legends, we see a clip of the Gravemind handing Cortana's hollow chip to Chief and then him immediately teleporting to the Ark. And, and the Ark is burnt up from the explosions and the, the halo being fired so close to it. No offense, but uh, I think you're giving them far too much credit. <laughs> that requires so much forward planning. But uh, You said the same that, thing when no. I said that uh, Guilty Spark was a human, so that's cool. Oh, you pulled that out of your bum and got lucky. And you know you did. <laughs> Okay, I guess I guess you know better than I do. I mean, it would be nice. I mean, considering Halo Legends 
was so frustrating for some of those reasons. It would be nice if they actually did tie it in, and it would be... I mean, I, I kind of share Danny's skepticism just because... I mean, Legends came out when? That was... Now, 2009? Was it 9 or 10? I think it was 10. The... I mean, so February 2010. So 2009, you had to have... I mean, basically, Frank. It sounds like Frank was responsible for... Just just remember that at one point he said, we know how our story is going to start and we know how it's going to end. So they have the major beats planned out. We know that already. Master Chief dies. There you go. There's the end. Universe is forever safe. There's always more games to make than Universe will never be safe. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't... No, nothing from the, you know, quote-unquote future section of uh, Origins ever really came to be so you know there's like nothing from halo 4 in there and i i wouldn't be surprised if, if halo 5 had nothing to do with that but it's just an interesting connection and and I, i'm still so intrigued by that scene of the grave mind handing chief cortana's chip that i i want to see something like that uh swapping of um so the chief may go might may get the idea and say well the floods that tried to assimilate her love it was partially right and the only way to get her back is to go to the flood go to the flood and then get the flood to basically imprint a fresh cortana into the chip just remember that in halo 2 after the grave mind was introduced you were technically working with the flood and i mean and in halo 3 you fought alongside the flood so there's no reason that like roles can't until they decided you were it was pet food time yeah and you, they were only fighting alongside you for so reason they aren't only yeah, yeah but i mean i mean if we're gonna go that route you aren't still be, buds. <laughs> there, there's dramatic tension to have where both know that the other person's gonna betray him as soon as possible but they still have to work together for a common goal yeah but how does that mean how does that equal say grave mind going your chief you want cortana clone there you go stick that in your neck you know, well like... i mean we don't even know that's the who says it's cloning who says i mean for all we obviously know that he can affect the grave mind can affect AIs in some degree. Maybe when Katana was on the ship, when it was on um, the Didax ship, she uploaded herself to the domain. And then I remember the dom- some people were throwing around theories that because the dom- domain was precursor, it had some connection to the flood, that the flood was in some way connected to the domain. So you could make that connection. That That's a stretch, but, you know, the connections, the threads are there. Well, I, I do think the domain is the key to the franchise, honestly, which is a little bit more higher up than I usually go my my own personal theories. But no, I definitely think you're on to something. I don't know how solid the 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 points that that you're grabbing are at this moment in time. But I'm going on say human wasn't human weakness the the Gritana story and whenever she was uh, with the grave mind there was nothing really there. Like there should have been something there to indicate Say the grave mind could like literally make a copy of her or whatever, you know, any sort of thing like that. It was never, it's never really being explored or said or, or hinted at. The grave mind is also like theoretically a precursor, and given what we know about the precursor's capabilities, true. Well, but the other, the other question is exactly how much of the domain is around because the, I don't think that the domain terminal's name was kind of just thrown out. Uh, there are terminals in the domain. But they did also make a big point of having the domain theoretically get obliterated by activating the Halo Array at the end of Silentium. Mm-hmm. But that was never that was never confirmed that it was like it was actually destroyed. But it was the intimation but, was but that Guilty it would. Spark did confirm it was silent from his point of view and his attempts to con- contact and reconnect to the domain. So there is that as well. That's kind of cool. That could be your indication as soon as. As soon as the Halo Array is fired, and the Halo Array was designed to wipe out Flood, so as soon as the Flood were destroyed, the domain goes quiet. So, but then the question is, well, then you have to place that part of the, we're talking about the uh, Combat Evolved Anniversary Terminals, then you have to say, but that's where he says the they've lost contact with the domain. No, that's where he mentions um, all connections to his former station, I think, um... Oh, no, you're right, you're right, because that's when he speaks with abject testament. Yeah, so basically that would... We don't really have a time frame, but that's saying that they all got distributed after the Halo event happened. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, isn't necessarily weird. Okay, now I'm 
confusing with Legends and Anniversary. Do they actually show the... No, they show a portal, and then through that, you see the Halo. Yeah. So the Halos were already stationed. I guess that's not an issue. Well, although at the first... Uh, at the beginning of the second terminal, they're just floating around. Oh, yeah, they're all just floating there. Yeah. And then there's also the Life Worker. We know some of them at least survived the Halo. Yeah. So you can't really say one way or another. Again, it's an interesting connection. We've got mendicant bias. We've got the potential for the flood to be connected to the domain, which is then connected to Cortana. And then if you look at Origins, like there's a lot of Chief goes to the Ark. Chief gets Cortana from the Grapevine. I mean, there's some interesting connections there. If they were going to go back to the Ark, you kind of wonder why they made a greater Ark. Yeah. And why, I'm wondering still why we haven't seen that anywhere, even in like the... The greater Ark was destroyed. That's the, the one that houses... This- and facilitates the the bigger halos. That one was destroyed. Oh yeah, that's right. I've only read each of those books once. Still, I really need to go back and reread those ones. Yeah, it was their final flight, like right before the halos were fired and it was destroyed. Then they had to go to the lesser arc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Danny actually remembered that before us. <laughs> oh. Well, I do. Always have, surprising. I do have some moments, you know. There's so many details in the Forerunner trilogy that's hard to remember all of them i know i know that's, that's one thing i like about it every time you go back and read about something you go i missed that one wee thing that i went through it the first time or i missed that wee thing in march we haven't had a podcast since then and now we're already back to talking about Salentium. that's how much cool stuff that book has in it <laughs> also that we just can't remember what we talked about in march Focus. What do, you, what do you guys think about the fact that Chief seems to be on his own? His armor hasn't been repaired, and he's got obviously the the much discussed cloak. Stupid. Chief couldn't be anywhere with an army of technicians maintaining that. That was the whole thing about him being a big dude and a big tank. It takes an army of technicians to keep going over any period of time, and he's like, "Eh, throw poncho. I'll just rough it out." Could be just a sense of misdirection where, I mean, it works. Like, people were like, oh man, what is this? It's like a new IP. And like, oh, whoa, it's Halo. Like, so the, the in mainstream. Universe so that explanation works. for Chief wearing a poncho is what? You're talking just from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, but also just in terms of. I'm asking them, what, what, what's in the universe explanation? Just give me a simple one sentence. Why is Chief wearing poncho? He's wearing a poncho because. His armor is damaged in some way. And the poncho is protecting the armor the, in the ways only a poncho can. The, the, the best theory I heard was that it's to the... Obviously, like, sensors would be able to punch through a layer of cloth pretty easily, but, like, the best theory that I heard was that it's just to visually, like, disguise him so from a distance no one would know he was a Spartan, no one would know, theoretically, that he was human. It's a pity he's not, like, eight feet tall. Well, there's plenty of taller aliens out there. And where do you get ponchos that size? Who makes ponchos to fit over Spartan armor? And where, 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 where do you, ponchos are us don't sell them? You're a Spartan. You just grab it from like the nearest place and then the just nearest make yourself place? a poncho. Was <laughs> <laughs> there a space? They were trained to survive in the field for, for like months at a time. So poncho training a part of that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, clothing, survival training, maintenance, and yeah, exactly. Did he grab off the poncho trees? You know what, Danny? It's a forerunner <laughs> poncho because he's on the ark and he just grabbed it. I'm just it's a ready saying, supply of forerunner ponchos. <laughs> that's the original trailer for a for trailer, and that makes no fucking sense in the universe at all. Well, but all right, Danny, look at it this way: like, yeah, it doesn't have to make sense to us now because if you look at no, no, think about it this way. Think about it this way, Danny. Like, all the trailers we got for Halo games were always taking, I wouldn't say in media res, but they always took place at some point in the game. There are few that actually start, oh, and here I'm setting things up. So it could be this is just, this is a third or half of the way through the game, and it's not going to make sense until we get to that point. If that chapter's not called Poncho, I'll be very disappointed. I mean, it's like everyone was freaking out because they fired off the Ark in the Halo 3 trailer, and then you find out it's actually just a portal to the Ark, and there's a whole... The meatiest chunk of the game is not 
is after that bit. I'm not even implying that Poncho Chief is the meat of the game. I don't know where you're going, what road you're going with this, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the other. whole meeting the the giant thing in the sand. You're fixated on the poncho. I'm looking at the bigger picture. I am. I am. I'm fixated on the poncho. At some point after the chief has got to where he is, they need to explain how he got to where he is. They're not going to do a hail, hail, hail uprising comic. We'll explain later. Wink, and then don't, and then do. But too much later. Was an uprising? We did that with Bungie. Yeah, uprising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to do an uprising ever again, ever. So, uh, yeah, it's probably going to be gameplay explains how you get there. Maybe cutscenes. Actually, that would be a pretty masterful. I don't think they would ever do it, but it'd be a pretty masterful troll if that is the end of the game. <laughs> It'll make sense a, to you. And you're like, oh my god, and then mean thing to do cliffhanger. If they did that to Halo Five, that would be like total punch in the gut. Like. Yeah, just messing with you. Well, see what I, I, I find curious about the announcements, right? E3, what are they going to do with Halo for E3? And uh, what they did was that lovely trailer, nice trailer. Uh, but uh, but uh, what I think was curious was the fact that before uh, they had their main E3, they had like a little media briefing. It was just TV, 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 TV. And didn't they announce like a Halo TV thing? Well, you got to, I mean, that's just... It's it's kind of weird because if you think about it, it's all the sort of awkward timing where we're getting to the next console and there's not a Halo for it. It's but all just going back to Halo 2. But there is a because... Halo. Yeah, we have a Halo. Have no, a Halo but I'm saying, right now, I'm saying in terms of Halo... way, back in, way back in 2002 or whatever, Microsoft wanted Bungie to get Halo 2 out the gate by 2003, so... 2005 when the xbox new xbox 360 launched there would be a halo on it that didn't happen and so we've kind of been off kilter ever yeah, since yeah but the thing is you know what drove halo uh, you know what drove the 360 at the start you know what the killer app was for the 360 when it launched cameo no it was halo 2 <laughs> no 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 but actually we should talk about um i just felt that that well, was Danny, so weird Danny's going off on microsoft which is unrelated it but was we should not, talk about the what? But I'm just saying, it's so weird. The only thing that I got from the announcement was that they were not far enough in the development of the game to have enough solid stuff to announce, but they still had to have a presence at E3 for marketing. So they came out with everything they could guarantee, absolutely, 100%, which wasn't much. What about Spielberg in your Halo? I was actually just talking to a, a film graduate today who's currently working with Warner Brothers on one of their new sci-fi projects, and um, he was talking about how uh, Spielberg in particular, as a director, um, even... Yeah, he, t- he told me that on a project that Spielberg was a producer of, um, it's been like reported that he tends to get behind the camera anyway and like get really involved with the filming of the project. So... He says that within the filming community, if you see Spielberg's name on something, you can usually assume that he's taking a little more initiative than that title suggests. So if he's producer, then he's also doing a little bit of directing work from time to time. If he's executive producer, then he's doing a little bit of straight producing work from time to time. So his involvement might might be a little more direct because of how he personally approaches projects. Um, and, and yeah, like I haven't seen... Min- like. Okay, I can't remember a Spielberg project that his name was attached to that that was terrible, that ended up being bad. Yeah, it might not have been Spielberg quality, but never any bad productions. See, my disclaimer to you when it comes to this project, this this project, if I hear if I hear the name Palmer, I'm I'm not watching it. I doubt they would, in part because there's the voice actor stuff, partly because I don't think they would launch a Halo series without trying to strike into a new area that they can have a little more creative control for, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think, I mean, I hope it I, it could be, like you say, like Spielberg could be more involved or he could just be bankrolling it because it's got cachet. But either way, I am 100% behind Spielberg being related to Halo compared to Blomkamp because I think Spielberg naturally everything about his style fits with Halo much, much more. Well, the the thing is, he's very good at the human element, and and obviously, 
every single time that he does anything that's like battle or war related, he captures the essence of war perfectly. I, I think I think Spielberg visually captures fantasy and sci-fi elements a lot better than Blumkamp. Like he's always military gritty sort of stuff, but Spielberg will just do whatever and fill in whatever well, I mean, it needs to be. I think you can compare just compare districts. I always confuse myself. Is it District Nine? Yeah. Okay, District Nine. I always want to say it's District Eleven, but just compare District Nine to Saving Private Ryan in terms of the action sequences. And yeah, like Saving Private or Elysium. Because Elysium is even more. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. I mean, it pioneered the the high shutter speed, choppy look with like boots on the ground. But even there, like the shake, the shaky cam is nothing compared to the shaky cam and bizarre angles, like gun's eye view that you get in those movies. So it's definitely. But there was a certain quality and tone to every frame of Saving Private Ryan. It's absolutely. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. Like, and it's before, it was before uh, digital color grading too, which makes it, so amazing. Look at District 9. It's just, it's brown. Well, that's after color grading. He aims to achieve a different kind of sci-fi feel. He aims to achieve a very real, very gritty... Well, well I know, I, I get it. I get what he's going for, but I don't I don't like it. I, it's very hard to pull off. I think the only very, very gritty down-the-earth sci-fi that I've seen that really pulled off that look was Children of Man. You didn't like District 9 for its... No. Well, I think I think I like no. District Nine for what it was. I mean, the apartheid thing was was a little heavy handed. I'm not sure why an advanced alien race would make every single one of their guns turn people into Gibbs. No, no, that was that was the liquid. No, 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 no. no. How all their all their weapons explode people. Oh, I'm I'm just not sure what the practicality of that kind of weapon is. Um, but I mean, and I like District Nine for what it was, but it's just when you say. All right, I want this look on Halo. Heck no. Well, we've already seen that. We've already seen that because Neil Blomkamp obviously did the band shorts. Well, yeah, and I mean, it was fine for a short piece because we were all hyped up on Halo 3 coming out, but there's no way I would want to see because there's nothing... Feature film landfall, basically. Yeah, there's no cinematography or any sort of link between what you see in Halo and what Blomkamp seems most interested in. Yeah, and, and Halo has to be big. It has to be bombastic. It has to be colorful. It has to assault the senses. You know. Oh well, yeah, and even even reaches even reach without the comparatively drab palette and the the effort to go through they went to justify the camera and scenes. It's still nowhere near the level of grit that Blomkamp brings. Yeah, I'm most excited by Spielberg's involvement for the potential he has to again, portray the human element and just kind of get this... Like, if you look at Band of Brothers in the Pacific, though both of those shows do such a good job at focusing on the human perspective and the relationships between people. Like, I imagine if this show is going to focus on a... I, I see, obviously, no reason why it wouldn't focus on a constant, like, cast of characters who have a singular story throughout the whole thing. They're probably going to do, like, a squad of soldiers, and that's already perfect for Spielberg. I mean, he knows how to pull that off and get you involved with the characters who are going through life-and-death situations. It's going to be perfect for Halo if that's the route they go. Question, do you think, because this will tie into stuff we talk about later, do you think they would, since Spielberg's involved, it would be like Hollywood or television writer, or do you think it would be someone already involved in 343 writing? Brian Reed. Yeah, actually, if he can get his hands on it, I would be surprised. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he would have some some input, just the same way that Frankie did on like Legends. Yeah, and I stuff, mean, I, could, I, could I don't see think it going either way. I mean, I think just because Spielberg would be involved, he would. It would be more. It's more on his terms. Yeah, so I, I also imagine see it would be Spielberg more... getting involved because he has an interest in in this other media. Because we know that from uh, after he did Saving Private Ryan, he got involved mildly with the Medal of Honor series, which which he kind of helped get off the ground. See, if, if Spielberg has any sense, he would get Mr. Vesepris to come in and be his personal story advisor for the entire project. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's, that 343 is going to be that involved, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably not very aware of that kind of... 
I'm just saying, if, if we want, if we're, if we're talking about dream things, yeah, I don't think anybody would disagree. To make it perfect, <laughs> that's why I would imagine something being perfect, because then you'd be guaranteed it will work story wise. I, I just want to see more. We've seen, we've literally had nothing. We know there is a Halo television series. We know Steven Spielberg is executive producing it. And we know he's had negotiations negotiations with Halo in the past. And that's it. We don't know a thing about the story. We don't know a thing about the look. Yeah, let's just hope we do Halo Chronicles. That- they wouldn't have yeah. announced it. The Spielberg wouldn't have, I don't think, gone for it if it hadn't actually been a done deal, essentially. I mean, like, the thing about Halo Chronicles is it's probably a good thing it got axed because we got because it was well it was it was one of those interactive story kind of things where i wasn't sure how it was going to work and because it got axed we got odst so i think it worked out as a win for us but i don't know when do you think we'll actually see something though because it is so i mean two years three years two years i could see it in two years i'm just i'm not sure because i mean obviously it has to be some time frame between they've started production which they obviously have not started yet, and we just ink the deal, hey, talk about it on screen. And I feel like it has to be somewhere between there. Well, are you doing a pilot? Are you pitching it to a network? Well, how is it going to be syndicated? How is it going to be run? What's, you know what I mean? Like Microsoft or, or Dex, that comes to their property. And when I say they're Dex, I mean they're protective Dex. They don't want anyone over it, making the decisions. They don't want some network saying, well, in this scene, we want Audi. They don't care. Put Audi in. They pay us our money. Put Audi sponsorship well, I assume, in there, yeah. I assume what it's going to work, because it's going to be on the Xbox One, is that they'll just... It'll be like Netflix original series, basically. That's how, so I, it's kind of, that's how I understood it. So it's not really a TV series, but it is a TV series. And I mean, and yeah, and they're trying to get people sold on the... Which is actually interesting. I mean, we're going to digress. Can't digress into Microsoft's plans for the future or whatever. But that they are trying to push it as TV to the rest of the people. Where, like, you don't think of Netflix as TV, even though Netflix is obviously trying to push it that way. So I think that's just their part of their branding to sort of push it more that direction. I'm just, I'm just worried about the budget now. If that's the case, we'll look at look at Netflix, Netflix's original programming. I think the existence of that is mind-numbingly awesome. The fact that they said F you to the traditional network model and said, here, we'll just pay for this content to exist and let people watch it. Fantastic. It's not scalable, I don't think. But is that, if that's what Halo is... Halo's not going to have that, that even with Netflix or budget because it's Microsoft. Advertisers won't touch it because there's nothing to advertise. You know what I mean? You can't stick adverts on it. It'd be difficult to stick adverts around it because it's for a Microsoft property or you're basically selling Halo with it. It is an advertising tool in itself. That's the other thing. If he's, Spielberg's producing it, theoretically, some sort of financial support is coming from his direction. But, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, where is this money coming from? Like, you don't spend money for no reason. You want to return on that money? That's how these people work. So where's the return? Well, I assume it's it's one of those things, if you get enough of it, you can syndicate it out. So once it's after a first run, like maybe a year down the line, they'll sell it off to Netflix or whoever. And then DVDs and whatnot. Which, I mean, from the standpoint of Ford and Dodon, it did phenomenally successful, and that was on a comparatively shoestring budget, so... Yeah, I keep getting flashbacks to that, thinking, well, that was a web, a web series, and it was terribly budgeted. I mean, my God. But they did, uh, they, they did fantastic for a web show. I, what, I Ford Under Dawn, or are you talking about something yeah. else? Well, I mean, Ford Under Dawn, I didn't think about it as a web series, because they did such a good job with it. I thought, I mean, it's less than, less than, less than TV show, obviously, but greater than web series. Yeah, they managed to make it look better than it was, which was astounding, but is that what we get for the TV series? As long as it's not quite TV series level, but they sort of improved it to that point. It's going to be better just because Microsoft wants to headline the... I mean, it's probably the same thing like... I mean, House of Cards probably in terms of amount of money they're throwing at it versus how much... I, I don't think it's making its money back in terms of people are, oh man, I need to subscribe to Netflix so I can watch House of Cards. But it's the, I want to subscribe to Netflix because they've got all these awesome shows and they've got this track record behind it. So they're going to put the money into it because I assume since they've announced it first, Halo is going to be one of the first. House of Cards is an idea. 
that you're selling a service rather than the show, but that's that's somewhere to to hail them. Um. So moving on from things that are totally old news, um, this summer out came a couple of smaller fiction-wise, but we got Spartan Assault in the summer, which is the now out on all platforms and has an update, so you can play it with your 360 controller on your computer or whatnot, which, Danny, you have not played. I have not played it because I've played it. decided I'm not good enough to play their game because I don't own the right software or OS. The, to okay, fair, well, to a... get that out of the way, wait, to get that out of the way, odds on it eventually ending up on Xbox Live Arcade or Xbox Live for or Xbox One. If the sales aren't good enough on the Windows platforms, which is likely, then yeah, I see them going to. Well, all right. It's the top, according to the press release um, for the new DLC, it's the top paid Windows app and has been since it came out. So it's doing decently. It's just the issue of, obviously, the Windows ecosystem is not the iOS or even the Android. So good, really good in that context is probably middling compared to others. Always going to come out with, I think they're, they're going to come out with it on maybe Xbox One just because, I mean, it requires two gigs of RAM or something like that. I don't imagine they would cut it down to fit onto the Xbox 360. So what's, what's it like? I'm, I'm not allowed to play it, so I'm not good enough to play it. Who's, who's, who's played it? We've played it. Have you beaten it, Isaac? Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed, I mean, it's, I enjoyed it. Quite yeah, a bit. it's fun. I mean, it's it's it really it felt to me, especially since a lot of the um a lot of the the assets and stuff pull more from sort of Halo Reach and Halo Three, that it feels a lot like you just took Halo Wars and then zoomed in a little closer and took individual control. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Halo Wars, but where you command one person and you get more control over where you go in the environment and how you fight. That sounds absolutely terrible. But it's not. That's the thing. <sighs> Halo Wars was fun, and this was fun. Too. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing Spartan Assault. It, I, in fact, I, I felt that it was too short. To be sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> I I know. Well, no, I didn't know, but it's hard to tell with you sometimes. <laughs> the only, I mean, the my only complaint with, I mean, I'll buy it eventually once it probably comes to arcade or there won't be arcade on the xbox one but once it comes to the xbox one because i am putting money down that it will by in a year or so probably less than that the only my only complaint was that yeah the they've got these really awesome i know some people were complaining that the the cutscenes were done in the motion graphic style by sequence i know a lot of people who really like that too though especially people who were playing cell phone games weren't amazed that you could get this on a phone but there just wasn't that much story in it which I thought was kind of a shame. Yeah, but then again, um, none of us have played the new one, and I won't expect it to have much more story. But it, it's kind of like I see it kind of like Spartan Ops. Like there wasn't much story in the first half of Spartan Ops, and now the the second half was packed with much more content. There's room for them to grow. Obviously, they got this one out pretty quickly, so I doubt there's going to be that much in it. But it's easier to put out updates for this, and so I see them taking a little bit more time with future updates and then putting more story and more gameplay content into it. I mean, it's, it's actually it's in terms of if you were going to introduce someone to like sort of what Halo's about, this is kind of like all the paint by numbers. Like you've got the covenant, they invade. Oh man, this actually turns out to be a foreigner installation. Oh man, it's kind of a weapon. We got to stop that. Yeah, on a, on the, uh, it is literally only on the surface level as far as the story goes. It, it's 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 basically like if you had to pick two tropes, like for stories, there's like Oni are the evil guys and Foreigner Covenant discover Foreigner weapon, we have to destroy it. It's kind of like your basic two or the flood. I mean, even the flood isn't used as much because I mean we'll get to it later, but like you can list the whole bunch of basic covenant discover alien artifact we have to blow it up stories mm -hmm. they're they're pretty stock i mean not saying they're bad but they're a pretty recognizable feature yeah and the, i think the question is at what point does it become too ridiculous like how many times humans have found and blown up forerunner structures i think it depends on execution i mean the number of times shuttlecrafts have crashed in star trek and there's been a plot about <laughs> 
rescuing them or whatnot <laughs> is kind of ridiculous, but all right, well, most of them were bad, but that's partly because they just started doing it over the top in Voyager, but you can still get dramatically different stories out of it. So I don't think it's it's kind of nice not to have them rely on those tropes, but the tropes themselves don't mean the story's bad or not. And here it's perfectly serviceable. Yeah. I think I think the most interesting thing that I I got two story points out of Spartan Assault that I found to be relevant to the larger context of Halo. First of all, uh, we know the Forerunner can build like planets, um, artificial planets, and, and stuff larger than planets, obviously. But looking at Onyx, they built an artificial planet. And so an artificial moon isn't too much of a stretch. But it's cool knowing that they made a moon or, or a device capable of orbiting a planet with the intention of destroying it, because you can immediately see that that was made for the flood, that they could place these small moons around planets that were susceptible to the flood or that might have reported a flood infection or something. And then, you know, if, so, if they detect that it is there, just blow up the planet. Well, and it's even, I mean, we, you hear so much about how they, they burn star systems and just sort of torched places to prevent the flood from going somewhere. How do we know that? They didn't use it primarily via these moons or whatever. Like, who knows what the range of them is? Yeah. So it does. It does add a little bit more interesting devices to the Forerunner's arsenal. But so these small moons that destroy planets sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious where they got the inspiration for that. But uh, disregarding other long-standing franchises, uh, solely looking at Halo, it's interesting. What was the second point? Um, during the loading screens, they have quotes from a lot of the characters and Spartans. Uh, oh, yeah, I really like that. I liked it, too. Uh, I noticed that they randomize sometimes, which makes it difficult for the folks over at Halopedia. But um, I also, uh, one of them in particular stood out to me because they had a Spartan actually talking about the Spartan Ops or the War Games simulation. How when he was in the simulation, he could smell the diesel from the from the scorpion tank or something he he could smell the fumes from the the engine running um and how he was just amazed at how realistic it was and didn't understand how they managed to make it that realistic which is kind of like a meta commentary on people playing multiplayer who are into the fiction and are wondering how the heck this simulation works so it was it was almost like a joke when you play multiplayer you play as a spartan and you don't understand how the war games work so the spartans also don't understand how war games works 343 does like their in-jokes. I mean, that was the whole, like, back half of Spartan Ops, basically. Like, yeah, all right, we admit we did some stupid stuff, but at least we'll hang a lantern on it. Yeah. My question, I was not sure about, so the Covenant have cloaking devices? Uh, active camo? But enough to cover an entire ship. Well, they did with the new? Long Night of Solace in Reach. Yeah, I guess. I didn't know if that was that was by the because of the pylons or not no the pylons were the well oh yeah you're right i think it was the pylons were teleporters but they were also yeah teleporters linked to what okay but so they have but in the beginning of the um when they're when roland's laying down what happened at drathius 5 they have these covenant cruisers and supercarrier warp in and then they have a tight shot of two cruisers just fading in mm. like star trek style turbulent displace kind of warp in or not warp in but wrong sort of ripple in yeah like the basically the wrong sort of thing yeah mm. i never even caught that or noticed it when i saw it so i guess they do have cloaking devices although i guess you don't know if they're the the 150 millimeter Tiny cruisers. Well, if they had or, uh, if they had green lights, then they were the 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 CSV. I have to double look and double check that. But that was that was the main thing. I so wait a second. Hmm. I'll, I'll have to watch that again. Okay. Anything else to say about um, Spartan Assault? The 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 backdrops. I, I want to say skyboxes, but I don't even think they count as skyboxes with the way it's made. But the the backgrounds for each level are amazing. Like, if you wander over to the side of the actual playable area and look over the edge, because it's basically, it's still a top-down, but to give the illusion of, like, even more depth, like, it's it's not 
it's a top down in the sense of the gameplay, I think. Yeah, but I know you're talking about like there's the the parallax on the 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 ground or whatever on cliffs yeah. and stuff. So yeah. yeah, and they do a really cool cool like effect with having actual battles going on in the distance slash underneath you. Yeah, and then the thing I forgot about is, I mean, I guess it was it's probably just simple to like rip the assets or something, but I'm so happy we basically saw every Halo Wars vehicle back. Well, a lot you of them. You got the Grizzlies, you got got the Grizzlies, you got Wolverines. the Wolverines. Was there, there was I guess you didn't get the, I feel like you got a Hawk at one point. Or maybe they were just mentioned. Maybe. Uh, well, no, don't they fly over at one point? No, there's Hornets. The Hornets are the... Yeah, well, yeah, there's Hornets, which, I mean, we're always better than the Falcon. There's, there's no arguing about there's that. There's every arguing about that. No, not at all. I hated having to look up to fly up. That's the only thing. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, they were hard to control, but they just felt so much more futuristic than just like, oh, yeah. a but rotor copter. As far as playing. All right, well, fine. Me. There wasn't, I don't think there was a gremlin. Yeah, there weren't gremlins or cobras. Well, gremlins were always like an EMP on the back of a flatbed truck. They weren't that interesting. Well, there's a lot of vehicles that didn't show up, but yeah, having them all mixed together, that's the thing that I've loved so much about 343 is how they're bringing all of the canon and all of the expanded universe into each individual product that they make now. Well, so you had you had Halo Reach, like, weapons. I wasn't sure, at least in the, the intermission stills, they're Halo 3 elites. I can't really tell if they were directly modeled on them in the game. It almost looked like Halo 1 elites, honestly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Just the way they move. Yeah. Like, they've when got they, that when they bent ran, and run. Even when they were running, yeah. they were all hunched over like the Halo 1 elites. Which, actually, was, like, massive nostalgia boost. Yeah. Because um, they did really feel like Halo 1 elites to me. I'm glad I wasn't the only person. Yeah. Um, Halo 3 assault weapons. And then drones that make engineer sounds. <laughs> that bugged me. But, you know, whatever. It happened. Yeah. So it was... It was a kind of a nice mishmash. Now we just need to get them to actually introduce some new fiction in Spartan Assault, and I'll be really happy. Yeah, I mean, that's all. I think it's such a competent shooter in other ways. Like, they could just add more fiction and it wouldn't hurt it. And we can move on to the other small piece of fiction that's dropped. Or at least it's small now, because... Um, the the first issue of Halo Initiation. Yeah, which I I personally didn't want to talk about until we had the full story because. Well, yeah, I mean we can. Well, there's not much to talk about. Yeah, I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, it's yet, a so short. Far. It's a. Oh, you haven't read it. I haven't read it. I'm... I mean, it's a. It's short. It sets things up. It's. It's nothing. <laughs> the first issue. It is. is I mean, the biggest the biggest thing everyone got out of it was three four three confirmed that. Uh, June made it off reach, which I know some people are upset because Levi had him die. It's, it's so interesting hearing that after doing our interview with Levi and then, of course, transcribing the interview with Levi and hearing it again. All the all the decision making that he had to go through with um, how to end June's story and whether to continue it or not. And now 343 has done that. And I, I think like in terms of I'm, I doubt, honestly, he's probably going to pop up much more. But it was... It was a nice place to stick him. It feels like it, it was... feels kind of like they were throwing him in there to say, like, hey, remember that character that you liked? Well, he personally vouched for these character or this character that you don't like. I mean, that's the cynical, Danny-like way of looking at it. I think it was more <laughs> really, fan service. That's, that's really I think it was more just fan service in the terms of, here's this character. People really want to know what happened to him. Here's a place where he can logically fit in. I think they're trying to put Palmer or the Spartan 4s like on a more parallel line with the other Spartans. Like obviously they're highlighting a lot of the the downsides of the Spartan fours, but there's you're supposed to also feel like there's like they are as capable as the other Spartans. Well they they do actually I mean they I think they they're going to do that. I mean it's obviously some prediction, but I think they're gonna do that with Palmer in this one. I mean they, they had a good I mean mostly it's setting things up and a battle scene, and then June shows up, and that's all that's in this issue. So it's it's really is just dropping it for the next two issues. Don't forget the established that she's a badass, and she likes being a badass. I think they, they did actually, honestly, I mean, Brian Reed, yeah, Brian Reed wrote this one, so he's the franchise writer, so he didn't write Halo 4, but I don't know how involved he was 
in how much of Spartan Ops he wrote, but I think he did a better job at characterizing Palmer in this one. She he, she actually kind of comes off as the closest analog I can find in these battle sequences. She comes off like Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man, and I don't like Palmer, so I'm going to disagree But she's got, she's got this sort of dry, like, banter that she's doing while she's in a critical situation, which I personally enjoyed. That's... Ugh. That's military fantasism. It's too much of a comic book trope to yeah. put into something like Halo. I don't. I don't think it comes off. I mean, you it's, want more bullets? Bang, bang, bang! Here, have some. Bang, bang. It wasn't that. I mean, that's like bravado. Like, come get some. There was less of that. Plus, she she uses a grenade to overturn a warthog, which I thought was a nice touch. Does it blow up, or was it the Halo One indestructible warthog? <laughs> It, it it gets a little rougher rare, but it it's mostly indestructible. It was a nice a nice gameplay touch. See, I like that, but I just yeah. Well, I can't talk about it too much because I haven't read it. But also, can I say one thing in particular about the comic? I think it's important that this is noted. Is the fact that that comic art is like it's so bland, poorly drawn. There. Well, it 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 got me. It got me. I noticed, like, oh, well, they've got the Halo 3 brutes. Like, yay. And, like, their Halo 3 armor and stuff. And they've got the Halo 4 emblem. This is interesting. I was just comparing. They've got some Halo 4-style frigates. And then they have pretty much one of the few close-up shots of a grunt they have. It's a Halo 4 grunt, which bothered me. Because ah, it's like, well, why is it a Halo 4 grunt? And then it also really bothered me because I realized that they, it's pretty much ripped off from one of the... uh, I think one of the Game Informer screenshots of like a grunt getting thrown by an explosion, which is I mean, which is not really anything new. Because if you go back to Second Sunrise over New Mombasa, there's the artist literally. I mean, he could have just traced over um, concept sketches of the elites from Combat Evolved. That's why they look so weird. Well, also that was just Mobius and his art style. Yeah, but he literally looked at. An elite, and then drew the exact same elite. Well, it's like it's like the Fall of Reach comics having the uh, Deep Space Nine space station. You know, like they've they've got to get references because they need to do art faster than they normally would. I mean, it's it's understandable why that stuff happens in comics. I mean, overall, I think it's it's one of the better um, the better comic art we've gotten in terms of Halo because we've gotten. Right, so we've got an uprising, which was generally sort of messy, and I think just was hard to read. And they, there was a lot of digitally just like slightly altered pictures to make it look more like a comic, which just didn't work. Yeah, like the backgrounds, um, especially. Yeah, and then there was, I mean, there was a whole different style set of styles in holographic novels, so it's kind of hard to talk about. But there was some beautiful stuff in there, and then some kind of lousy stuff too. Then there was Bloodline. I don't Bloodlines, which is I don't remember which order they came out in, but I like uh, I, I like think the style. Bloodlines of came after Helljumper, but Helljumper I think was is probably the best overall art. Bloodlines is if you're talking about the the comic book feeling. Yeah, it definitely had that, really but it was still it was still solid art. You know, I liked it uh, for its clarity, if not its feeling. Uh, yeah, Helljumper was really good. I think my. Helljumper, another example of the found a foreigner artifact. Now we had to blow it up. Uh, I liked, uh, I feel like I'm missing a comic, but I liked the Fall of Reach series. All around, I liked what they did with it. I actually haven't read them. I was really annoyed. Well, there's a, lot, there's a lot of cool stuff they actually add. It's, it's almost like Game of Thrones. Like, if you read the book series, um, Song of Ice and Fire, you get, you understand the story, you, you go through, you follow the characters, and then you watch the show, and you realize that the ad scenes, they add interactions between characters that just kind of help to flesh out what you already understand. And I feel like that's how the Fall of Reach comic series is. Like, the added scenes that actually support some of the data drops that they put out regarding Reach's intentional instruction. Yeah, so it's just, it's really cool that the comic series can can kind of support some of the supplemental stuff that 343 has put out, like, with the data drops and uh, you know, they did all that stuff about Oni being somewhat responsible for reach falling to explain some of the inconsistencies in Canon and the comics also support that by having some additional scenes of like Oni representatives 
um, intentionally destroying AIs that were going to report the fleet coming into reach. Stuff that wasn't in the book at all. So uh, there's there's cool little stuff like that. And then just also just seeing these things, seeing visually uh, elements of the Halo fiction that have thus far only been in, like, they've been with us literally since before the first game came out because the Fall of Rage came out before Halo 1. But we've never seen them until this comic series. So it's just cool to visualize stuff like that that's been around for so long. I was frustrated by the armors being changed. You know, they, they have, uh, instead of them all being the the same Mark IV, like Halo Wars armor, they, they all wear different armor sets, which bugged me. But again, it makes sense from a comic standpoint why you want to be able to differentiate each character. But I think it's great what they were doing with that. What were we talking about? We were talking about comics in general. Initiation. It feels like a step down from the art that I've seen. Yeah, I'm not sure. And then there's, but we're going to after, I think right after initiation wraps in October, I think we're going to get escalation, which sounds like it's a Halo 3 to Halo 4 bridge that I think the they specifically mentioned the Arbiter's going to be in it. Um, and that one, Initiation is being written by Brian Reed. Escalation is being written by Halo 4's writer, who I totally have blanked on the name now. Uh, or's writer, which is uh, Chris Schlerf. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it looks like Schlerf. Which that one sounds a lot more like it's going to be sort of jumping around. So personally, I'm more interested in that. But I think initiation started off solid, and I hope that it builds. And it seems like that's everything we have to talk about. Yeah. So that about uh, wraps up this episode. Then, going to keep it a little shorter this time. Um, you can uh, leave us comments on this show's page on our website or a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Forward Dawn. And if you want to talk about anything, uh, you can also engage us at our forums, uh, assembly.forwardunto.dawn.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.